0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brether Show. It's I'm, I'm going to call this a special edition because it's going to be a special episode. It's one that you're going to want to watch. You're going to want to share it with all of your friends. It's, it's going to be one of those told-you-so kind of things, and it's also going to probably... Uh, be one of those episodes that you're going to want to, you're going to have that family member or that friend that they're going to want to listen to this, and, and you're going to say, they really need to hear this one. So I'm going to encourage you guys, pay attention, pay attention. Also, if you happen to be watching this clip on Facebook, I want you to stop right now. I want you to go over to YouTube. I want you to search Chad Prather. I want you to go to my YouTube channel and start watching the podcast there, okay? And also go to where podcasts are downloaded. You can go to Stitcher SoundCloud. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I don't care. I don't care where you go. Whatever's convenient for you, because we like to have the numbers, we like to have the demographics and the analytics, so that we can better serve you through the podcast. It's really all about you, the listener and the viewer. That's all we really care about, isn't that right, Puppet Master Mark? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Are you alive this morning? Are you over there?
1: I am over here. Yeah, you can uh, you can see me
0: now. He's so busy. I'm, I'm up. Look at him. You know, pulling the strings over there, the pulling puppet the master. It is a cold, dreary, rainy day. In Dallas, Texas, and we're sitting here in studio. Twenty-two. Silent Herbert still hasn't spoken. He's still got the deer in the headlights look. Missing his body is what he is. We've Got a hot news, Natalie, sitting over there. Hi. Hey. hey, we're gonna we're gonna get to some. We might get to some news later on. There is it, some
1: news. Is there some news? There's some news. All right, hang
0: tight for a second. We'll Come get over, we'll get back to you in a second. And then party foul. Steve, of course, he's sitting over there, and hey. yeah. Look at Steve's cup right there. This is he's a heathen. Look, look at read his cup. What is it? This is why my mother gets mad at me, Steve. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, oh, you got to turn around to your logo. See, go. this is why my mother says <laughs> my mother gets on to me. I'm going to I'm going to introduce our guest. Then I'll tell you what my mother said. David Harris, Jr. My man. It's good to see you all the way in from California. Yes, sir. I have been watching you and and just paying attention to you for so long. And I love it because when I, I get on your YouTube videos and stuff and I'm like, this dude looks mean <laughs> he, he coming at you <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> But, David, no, man, no, I'm a no. fan and, and glad to be now a friend, and I'm excited about you. David wrote a book, came out last October, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent, and uh, it is One Man's Battle as a Black Conservative, so this is going to be intense, but it's not just about that. Let me get There's the angle of the book right there. Look at him.
2: Handsome. An American flag looking all patriotic. Does your wife like your bald head? She does, yeah. yeah. She actually was the first. She told me I, I used to have long hair. I could pull it down to my chin. Really? And she, uh, she said, "Why don't you shave your head? I think you'd look good bald." <laughs> and I never went back. No, I, I bick it every morning. It's a lot easier. My wife has never told me that. See,
0: I, like I've threatened, to, I'm like, let me just go ahead and shave it all off and don't, don't have to deal with it. She's like, N- how about not? How about don't do that? My
1: husband is also bald. Yeah. I, you say yours is by choice. I'm not going to say his is by choice, but he's definitely sexy. <laughs> sure. See this
0: hair right here? I got I got some hair, but see that's not all mine. See some of it I grew and some of it I glue. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> look at, yeah. now steve is, is all is mullet he's all, all mullet. My, it's no mullet yeah it's all hair. you're Pantene's calling
1: him for commercials
0: you are a hippie you know guy on <laughs> stock and shampoo david here's what i'm talk about first and I, because this is important it's, i want people to hear this because i was reading i was reading you and i we were talking about it some folks that endorsed the book we have some mutual friends yeah and i was surprised to see that and it's great and and some incredible endorsements there and and Candace Owens, who we all know and love, uh, wrote yeah. the foreword for the book, and she's a good friend. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your voice. And, and it, what I really appreciate is as a person, not only as a conservative, but a man of faith who is willing to stand against the uh, tides and the winds that of controversy and adversity that come your way mm. for taking a stand, you've put up with a lot, obviously. We all do. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, like you said. I mean, once you if you're
2: if you're doing something right, you're going to get challenged. Well, you talk about faith. Yeah, right. Being a person of faith, and yes, I, I am because I couldn't. I wouldn't be here, honestly, if uh, if it wasn't for God in my life. I uh, I literally would not be here. But uh, in in thinking about that, and uh, the the man of the man that is faith himself, Jesus that walked the earth. They hated him. Yeah. I mean, they killed him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you think about it, it's like uh, we're suffering persecution. Uh, it comes at us, but I, I think to me, that means we're doing something right. We're going the right direction. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Jesus did what he did, and it crucified him,
0: and and still came back. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and that's the key. That's yeah. that's the power that lives in you. Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of it. And people say, "Man, why do you why do you do what you do?" And you don't have to catch all the stuff that you catch. I said, "But I got to stand for it." Absolutely. You know, I I am. Um, I want to get into this. I'm going to get ahead of myself by saying this, but you know, I I have always been a guy who is willing to stand on that platform of pro life. I believe in life. And I'm willing to, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs thirty-one eight says that, you know, you got you got to speak for those that don't have a voice, mm-hmm. and and I, that's a mission in my life. And yeah. you had a video that came out went viral, and you spoke out on that, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I want you to go all the way back to, young David Harris Jr. All right, and because because you you grew up, you grew up, in it, you had an interesting little journey. Oh yeah, let's talk about that some.
2: Oh well, uh, my mom is is white. Mm -hmm. and she's in heaven now my dad is black and he's just a big always a big buff black man Mm -hmm. I mean he just just he looked mean he's a big teddy bear (laughs) but uh they got divorced when I was nine I was nine and I left school like any normal day and went walking home and my dad was sitting at the end of the end of the block with uh with a van all full of stuff and we moved from Klamath Falls to Redding and that was it I didn't see my mom again for a couple months wow in the courthouse and, uh, it's interesting. The judge actually brought me into his chambers. Uh, I was nine, my sister was two and he asked me, he said, son, who do you want to live with? You gotta, you gotta choose one. And at nine years old, the only thing I could think of was, well, I look more like my dad, you know, he's black, he's, he's a man. He maybe will teach me how to be a man or whatever. I, I just said, I, my, my dad, cause I look more like him. And that decision changed and caused some things to happen in my life where my dad showed love by roof over my head, food on the food on my plate, never had to worry about that. He actually took me out of Oregon because things my mom were doing that wasn't mm-hmm. actually good and safe for me. I didn't find that out till years later till actually a couple of years ago. And so uh, the dynamic there from dealing with what I felt was not feeling loved, Cause I'm a words of affirmation, physical touch kind of guy. Yeah. If you know about the five love languages.
0: Yeah. I speak words of affirmation yeah. and, uh, and I, I also speak gift giving. So there you go. I, I hate putting that out there cause then my wife's like, mm. <laughs> but I hear words of affirmation too. So, yeah.
2: So, uh, so that started an interesting dy- dynamic. I felt out of place growing up in most uh, predominantly white town in Northern California. I got flack from some of the black folks in, in town because most of my friends were white, I didn't choose a friend based on their color. I chose a friend based on who who I got along with, you know, who I struck up a conversation with, and who was nice. But then I also got flack from obviously the white folks, the the, the racist. Uh, at one point, I had to have my uh, my good friend, a white guy, pick up my my girlfriend at her house to take her to the semi formal so that I could be with her. No kidding. Because if they would have known that I was, they didn't know I was seeing her, they wouldn't have let her go. Right. So I dealt with that. Uh, I dealt with my share of that throughout the years, uh, my teenage years. And then October 10th, 1993 is when God stepped in and transformed everything. What happened with that? What was the circumstance around that? So uh, I had uh, 16, 17 years old. I went from smoking a lot of weed, drinking a lot, partying a lot to finding out, at about 16 and a half or so, that I could make a lot of money selling. So yeah. I had a pager on. It'd go off 50 to 100 times a day mm-hmm. from people wanting weed. Uh, crank was a thing in Northern California at the time. Acid, shrooms, whatever. And my girlfriend, Jennifer, at the time, uh, her mom was a single parent. Jennifer was her only daughter. She was her. She was overly protective. She had one uh, boyfriend that she was seeing before me that was sitting on her bed in the middle of the daytime. And her mom came came home and, Walked in and went off just off the hook on him. What are you doing in my daughter's room? You better get out of there. You got no business in there. Mm -hmm. So I was over at her house uh, October 9th, and I had just gotten there, and I was in a room. We were laying down. We weren't doing anything yet. But uh, her mom came home. She was supposed to be gone all all weekend at a church retreat. She came home, and we were just, like, waiting for a pot or a pan or a knife or a gun or at least a police or something. And she walked in the room, and she said, what's going on? And Jennifer said, we're just hanging out. And then her mom said the craziest thing. She said, well, she's he staying the night? I mean, it was like a supernatural peace from God because he knew what was going to happen the next day. And so Jennifer said, yeah, he was going to. And then she said, well, you're at least going to go to church tomorrow? And I said, well, this is my chance to look like a goody two-shoes. So I said, yeah. "I said we can go to my grandpa's church. You know, hint, hint, my grandpa's a pastor. I wouldn't go into church. And she said, okay, and she shut the door. So the next morning, I wake up. And I used to wake and bake, wake mm-hmm. up and get baked mm-hmm. and start drinking 40 old English or something back then. Yeah. And I woke no up. No
0: Schlitzmall liquor? <laughs>
2: yeah, no Schlitzmall liquor. I ain't represent. Uh, you ain't keeping it real. You it real. <laughs> <laughs> What's y'all rah, rah, rah? <laughs> love that. No, love that it. Good. Love I it. I love it. So uh, the next day I wake up and I'm buttoning up, tell you the, the date of this, I'm buttoning up a purple jean shirt. Mm-hmm. That's not only got jean, but mm-hmm. I, it's a jean. Like you can see the grooves, you know, it's right. purple. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking today seems really different. I haven't smoked anything yet. I haven't drank anything yet. Today's a different day. And my grandpa's church service started at two o'clock. You no, know, my page didn't go off one time, Uh full gospel Kojic church, you know, just get down Full gospel choir going yeah. crazy. And the beginning of service, um, the choir would be singing and then somebody would stand up in the middle of the audience and testify as to what God was doing in their life. Mm-hmm. And then the choir would, would praise and the people would shout and then they'd st- they'd sit down and then uh, the choir would go off again. And then somebody else would stand up. And over this time, it was becoming evident that God was real and that he was actively working in people's lives. And not only was I missing out, but I was doing the devil's work. I had my pager on in church. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking to make a deal from the third queue. (laughs) So, yeah, right? I got to (laughs) bounce. Pager didn't go off one time. Uh, I'm having this internal uh, conflict where I feel like, You know, I felt like I needed to stand up and just thank God that I was alive and not a jail or juvie or whatever. But it was like, who are you to stand up and say anything? You you deal drugs.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And it all broke and I stood up and I, all I remember saying is I'm just glad I'm still here after 18 years. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what I said after that, but the power of God hit me and flooded my being and I took off running literally around the church. Wasn't a big church, but I ran down the front, out the back, down the front. Three times, (laughs) felt like a thousand tons of weights were lifted off my shoulders. Things visibly looked different to me. And uh, I got back to my seat and all I could think is, you know what? I can leave this whole world behind, all the party and all the drugs, everything. But I really like this girl, Jennifer. What about this girl, Jennifer? And I really heard, felt like I heard God speak to me and say, don't worry about her. Just keep loving on me right now. Mm -hmm. And when I did turn down, turn and look at her, she had tears streaming down her cheeks. And she had her hands raised, and I heard God speak to me and say, there's your bride. So we got married April 17th, that next year, and this coming April next month will be 25 years. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. What a story, man. Isn't it crazy when you look at life, and especially as you get older, and you look back on it, you're like, man, the things that I have been saved from and yeah. saved to. yeah, And the, the, just the—because people would hear that story, and they would say— Oh, you had some big emotional experience or something like that. No. Well, how do you how do you do that? because well, I mean, it's you know you can multiply that story by billions throughout history of people who have had mm. that experience where God became real to them and it became a real thing and, and it met them. However, they needed to be met. Yeah, in that moment, and everybody has that story. I remember when I was at the University of Georgia, I was a freshman. At the University of Georgia, and man, I'd partied all weekend long, partied all. I mean, just got crazy all weekend long, just. Doing unmentionables. <laughs> and so I it, it, but Monday came around. I had a buddy of mine. He was a little little uh black bodybuilder, loved Jesus. And he was one of these little prophetic guys. He just in your face, black and white. Everything was black and white. Just, mm, you gotta get straight. Nice. And so he's like, I'm you going with me tonight uh to a Bible study, because I need a ride. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, my little nice. Burgundy Grand Dam, you know, my nineteen ninety four grand Dam Here we go. I was, it was it was all it was a you, Older than that. I think it was like a 1988 Grand because It was 91. This was 91. And uh, I go to this Bible study and this dude comes out and he was really good. I'm looking back on this guy was a really gifted Bible teacher, but he comes out wearing like a toga robe, you know, like he's like he's he was kind of being in character, you know. Yeah. He does this whole thing on the Sermon on the Mount. It's funny. I was like, I don't think Jesus wore a toga robe, but whatever
1: (laughs) (laughs) What he was going for.
0: So anyway, afterwards, all these people were going to go get coffee, you know, and get ice cream and coffee and stuff like that. And so uh, my buddy, Sam, he says, he says, I'm gonna jump in the back seat. Jerry, the guy that taught the Bible study, he's gonna ride with us. Now, I got a cooler in the back of my car in the trunk. I can still hear the beer sloshing around in the <laughs> melted ice. And, we're going, <laughs> and I'm driving and and I'm I'm starting to get a little sweaty. And you know, I'm like, hmm, this guy's sitting right here by me. And I'm like, roll down the window here. And I'm, I'm kind of like getting out of the window. You know, I'm like, oh. This guy knows everything about me. He knows all. I'm feeling guilt. You know, I'm feeling conviction. And I'm like, this guy knows. And I've got my head halfway out the window right there. And I remember right where I was on the highway, Athens, Georgia. And I can hear that stuff slosh around the trunk. And I, I heard God as clear as a bell say, he doesn't know anything about you, but I know everything. Wow. And it was in that moment, man. I, I We got there. I couldn't even go in there and eat ice cream with everybody. I had to pull my buddy Sam out in the parking lot. And I said, bro, we got to pray. Wow. Right now. I mean, we got to get some things together. On this. And so. <laughs> It's That's weird, so and it good. and it changes your life. I mean, it yeah, it's, it launches absolutely. you into a destiny. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But you went through because from there you went from. Um, <laughs> you've always been a hustler because you're always an you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, you got into business, so you went from selling that, and you you've always had a business mind because it wasn't long. Yeah, apparently. you launched into business and, yeah. and and got pretty successful. How'd that go? How'd that come around?
2: Yeah. So my first job after put my, I put my drug game down was round table pizza, and God gave me the perfect job. I was rolling dough. And so, well, yeah, no pun intended, right? What do you think about that? I'm rolling dough, but I had my own, I had my own little room. You went from rolling dough to rolling dough. Yeah. Yes, That's when Jesus takes the pee out right there. Exactly. But I had my own little room to myself for eight hours a day, and great, you know, full-time job for me coming out of what I was coming out of. And I'd prop my Bible up open with two pieces of dough mm. and I would just read <laughs> and memorize. So it was a perfect job. But then at, at uh, 20, so I was 18 when that happened at 20 years old, uh, I started my first company direct sales company and was pretty successful. We were doing a couple million dollars a year mm-hmm. as a little small business. So here I am 22, 23 years old with $200,000 a month going to my bank account. Uh, I felt like Peter walking on water. Yeah. And then I sank. That sank. <laughs> sank hard because uh, yeah, I, 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 Started hanging out with the wrong friends. I felt like I had arrived, uh, so I got back in the in the in the bar scene, and before I knew it, that just started to pull me under. Man, it's been a roller coaster ride for me. Yeah, where was your wife and all of that? How was she feeling? So um, she's always been very loyal. She's always been by my side, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of times when when I would fall, we'd fall together. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we whatever we did, we did together. We didn't really have a struggle where I was on the outside trying to do one thing and she's like, no, we need to do the other thing. We just kind of, we just kind of rolled with it together. Yeah. So that was probably a blessing in, in that at least we were together. And- so you're telling me that you had this
0: major experience with God Yeah. and then everything wasn't peaches and cream after that. It wasn't <laughs> always rosy and heavenly oh, and blue just, skies. Yeah. never had to worry about nothing else. Yeah. Never. Dandelions. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Roses and yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, David,
1: is- it's interesting. You say that my life verse when you talked about Peter is Matthew 14:31 and it was when Peter stepped out of the boat because Jesus called him to do that and he took his eyes off the Lord and the and the verses immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said oh you of little faith why did you doubt cuz i'm always trying to fix everything myself right we all are but if you just let God do what he can do yep amazing things can happen
0: yeah yeah, party foul. Steve's got a verse in Romans. It's uh, some vessels are created for dishonor, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which Paul was talking about toilets in that. In oh yeah, so there you go. Yeah, you know I'd always heard that verse preached too, Nellie. Like you're talking about, like uh, you know uh, it was the cares of this life, or it was the you know people pre- people preaching on it or talking about uh, you know your your bills aren't getting paid, or yeah. or it's all the heartaches that you're dealing with in life. And I'm like, no, for me, it was the opposite. I had I had plenty of money. I'd buy the bar out. And then it turned into a party at the, at the weekend. You know, it just, and that took my eyes off God. Yeah. And then I sank. Yeah. But like, like you said, Natalie, he's, he's always right there. He's so faithful. He doesn't leave us.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite, one of, you know, Paul said to Timothy, he said, you know, hey, even when we're faithless, he's faithful. Yeah. Because he can't, he can't. Mm-hmm you know, can contradict himself. I mean, he he is, he's going to be faithful. And I, and I love it. You know, I've always told people, I said, you know, I pray for two things every day for grace and for mercy. I pray for Mm -hmm. grace that God will give me the power to do what he created me to do. And then mercy cause I don't, I I don't deserve it, you know? Mm -hmm. And and the scripture says it is mercies from, from, you know, everlasting, to everlasting, which means it's eternal. Yeah. If you're willing to ask for it, you know, Peter said, look, God, you know, he, he works with the with the humble, mm-hmm. you know, but he marshals his forces against the proud. You know, you, you you know, you know, so humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And that's the thing, because he's going to give mercy there. Yeah. And it's because I'm telling you, man, you and I both know and um, everybody in this room knows me well enough. Enough. we I've marched through some places where it's like, I might not should have come out of that. Yeah. You know, and I me think too. that's what I try to con- what I so. You know, people that know me and know me well, they know that I, I pastored for a little while. Um, and uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's I pastored. Awesome. I pastored uh, for about twelve years. Wow! And so, um, pastored three different churches. And so, uh, wound up going through a divorce, absolutely broken. Mm. Went into the cave, hid out for mm. four or five years, and just said, "I, I've lost my voice. I, you know, I can't." I don't have a platform to speak anymore. You know, I, I, you know, how do you, how do you get up there and tell people how to, you know, help their lives when your life's falling apart? And so, you know, again, God's faithful. Yeah. And, and I always knew that, that there was some way, I just felt like there was some way that God was going to bring me back and give me a platform to speak. And, you know, there were times through those periods where I was like, "Mm mm-mm. I'm. For, I don't want. I don't want to talk to spiritual leaders. I don't want to talk to pastors. I'm. I'm mad at the whole system. Wow. I don't want to be a part of church. I don't want any of that stuff, and I don't want out of it. And I think that's what people have got to hear because, I truly believe, could be wrong. T- only eternity will tell. But I truly believe. I think I've done more good with my voice, without a title in front of my name, mm. in the last you know six seven years than I did twelve years I was pastoring. Because I was a great preacher teacher. I was a terrible pastor.
2: Not all, not all uh, preachers should pastor. (laughs) You're right. Not all teachers should pastor. Exactly. You know, it's a different calling. But I I definitely think that you're, uh, you're meeting a lot of people and probably a lot more. It's kind of like me. I I felt like I was missing something. I felt originally like I was called to be a preacher. Yeah. But then that was putting me in the in a box. Lance Wall now talks about the seven mountains. Right. And it wasn't until eight nine years ago that I realized I wasn't called to be in the church mountain. Yeah. I was called to be in the business mountain, yeah and bring the kingdom with uh, with me and, and to everything I did in business, yeah, and now we're in the media mountain, yeah, but he's still exactly with us. Yeah. and that was kind of my
0: you know I finally gave myself permission to say, okay well, I can use kingdom principles in the marketplace, yeah, absolutely. and it works and, yep. I, and I started reading about that, but I always knew there was a voice there, and like you said, you bring it into the media like that's why I'm, that's why I refuse to to cast off. Places like Hollywood, because I yeah. know there are people that are there who believe like you and I do. There are people, but their their voice gets diminished because yeah. of, of the outspoken ones that are that really operate in a big big live deception. Yeah, you know, There's funny to me that. There. Yeah, it, did you see the the head, recent headline where it talked about Jesse Smollett? The cast of Empire wanted to send him an encouraging letter and stuff, and the uh, the that was a cast. The crew said, "No way." No, no, because because you're 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 talking about people working behind the scenes. They don't tend to hold on to the same crazy liberal ideologies and stuff like that. Yeah, that the the, the folk, the engineers and the folks behind the scenes, they tend to be a little more blue collar. Right. And they said, no, we're not. We're not signing a card (laughs) to Justin.
2: (laughs) Yeah, a lot so, more offense to that. It's uh but see, it's
0: I interesting. Th- you know, I think that I think that places the places the platforms of entertainment, the platforms of media I I people say well, it can't be redeemed. I say, It can be redeemed. They said, No, yeah. that's too big of a deal. I said, how, how what makes you think anything's big for God? It's not. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on the flip side of that, I have people who say, well, I don't, wanna, I don't really want to deal with this. It's, it's just a small thing. I said, sm- small to God? Is that what you're saying? Oh, well, yeah, it's just not. It's a small thing. I said, well, then, by saying that, you're assuming something's big for God. Mm. And it's not. Right. So I think that these places, you know, and the kingdom comes in, you got that right government in place and, and the
2: right order happens. and There's a lot know, of shaking going on. For there's sure. a lot of shaking. And, and things have to be shaken up before yeah. they can come into a different alignment. So that's exactly right. Hope and believe that some of that's going to start to happen. Yeah. And that happens in our individual lives as well. Absolutely. You know, you,
0: God's going to shake everything that can be shaken. Yep. Only that which can't be shaken remains. Yeah. The only thing that can't be shaken is the kingdom. Come that's on, Natalie. Right. I, Pre- didn't come on. I didn't know
1: we were going to church today. Oh, we going to church, baby. <laughs> but I came prepared. Church. I have
0: an offering plate. It it. I mean, yeah. less, but see, um, the problem is good. you ain't going to spend it on kingdom purposes. You're going to be at the bar buying the drinks <laughs> for everybody. Steve, I know I'm not, you. I'm not going to buy them for good. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. You took my card away. Yeah. Steve Steve's always saying, he's like, Man, if we if we fail on this, we could start a church. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't starting a church with you, Steve. Uh, Bless your heart. That'd be fun. I know it. Your oh, mama your mama didn't beat you enough, man. Oh, yes, she, she did. did. <laughs> she didn't beat you enough. I- Southern yeah, Baptist Valley. preacher granddaddy well, oh, I got Lord. in oh, church yeah. <laughs> all the way out the back door. So what was next? What was the next step? Obviously, you turned it around and, and you, you
2: you had a journey after all of that. Yeah, it, it was a, it was an up and down. God got a hold of me again. And then uh, my business that was doing so well uh, in 2004, I had to shut it down. Yeah. and I was used to a different lifestyle, and so I chose to go work on the road for a friend of mine that had a similar company mm-hmm. in order to afford that lifestyle for my family, and that was about seven years of hell. Because uh, later on, God revealed to me, David, I never asked you to go away from your family. Yeah, to earn to, to earn a living, make make money. Yeah, so I lived under a lot of depression, a uh, lot of alcohol abuse, mm-hmm. and uh, that took even a, a, a deeper turn. When I was still dabbling with, uh, uh, I went back to dabbling with cocaine because it's kind of a thing you do when you're, when you're drinking is like, you gotta keep the party started. Keep, yeah. Keep it going. So it sobers you up so you can drink some more. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm dealing with this massive amount of depression. I'm drinking a lot. I'm doing Coke and my friend and I go get some Coke and it won't, it won't, it won't crush up. It's mushy. If you know anything about cocaine, it's <laughs> rocky, right? You needed to be dry. Yeah. Yeah. And so it didn't do that. <laughs> so uh, he said, well, let's smoke it. So I said, okay, and took a hit. And he said, that was crack. Oh, wow. So that started a two-year journey battle with crack cocaine where I almost overdosed and, mm-hmm. died, and died in 2011. Uh, in the moment when that happened in 2011, um, I took a hit. And you're supposed to blow it out pretty fast. I was holding on to it because I felt like Superman. And my eyeballs, Chad, started doing this that fast. Like you can't make your eyeballs go up and down that fast by Mm -hmm. yourself. And I heard this voice right in the middle of that happening. I heard this voice that said, don't freak out. Don't freak out. It'll pass. It'll pass. And uh, after about 60 seconds, it stopped. So the next day I called my friend that I wasn't with, but it had introduced me to this drug. And I told him what happened, and he said, David Harris, you need to stop. He said, your body was about to overdose. If you would have freaked out, your heart would have exploded. You'd be dead. So um, about two weeks after that, uh, my wife didn't know what was going on, but she knew something wasn't right. She moved out. She took the kids. And uh, Sunday morning, rolls around. I'm in this big, huge 3,500-square-foot house by myself. Uh, I had cleaned all the tools that I had, smoked everything I had. And it was just come to the end of myself totally and said, uh, God, okay, I'm done. I made a mess of my life. What do you want me to do? And I heard him say, go to church. And I, and I said, uh, have you been to my church Bethel <laughs> on a Sunday right now? It's packed. It gets really packed. And I heard him say, go to church. And so I'm like, oh, how am I going to argue with God? Yeah. I've got to do what he, I got to just obey. And as soon as I just decided to obey and listen, I just immediately broke, started bawling. I was bawling all the way to the t- uh, all the way to the church, and uh, got to the church. Got to the road that goes to the church, and the cars are lining the street. It's that packed. It's that mm-hmm. full. Get all the way up to the top of the of the uh, hill. Our church is on a little hill, and uh, cars. I see cars everywhere, and I pull past the parking lot full sign. It says parking lot full, and the very first par- parking spot's open. <laughs> so I parked. I walk inside, and the overflow is packed. The bleachers, at the time we had bleachers in our church, mm. they're packed. And I'm standing there looking out over the audience uh, from the back, and I get this tap on my shoulder, and this lady says, are you looking for a seat? <laughs> and I said, yeah, she'll, you can have mine. Right in the middle, third, fr- third row on the, uh, from the front on the left. So I'm like, kind of like, okay, you know, I go sit down. And the worship had just ended, bulletin had just ended, and the pastor, Eric Johnson, gets up to speak. And he says, "Today I'm going to talk to you about the prodigal son coming home and walking into his inheritance." And uh, I turned and told one of the other pastors what I had just been through—that mm-hmm. almost overdosed. He's all, "David, that's just not you. I obviously, hadn't been going to church for a right, while." Right. So he put his hand on my chest and he prayed, and um, uh, I got prayer from a couple other uh, friends of mine there there as well, and I I got completely delivered from every desire and had no withdrawals or nothing from that day. Never touched That's it awesome. again. That's but awesome. I still didn't lay down the alcohol. That was the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, all these amazing encounters with God, right? And talk about, you know, God's redeeming factor and and his faithfulness and his desire to not give up on his kids. He's a good father. You know, it's so like what good father would ever give up on their child? You'd never give up on your kid. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and we're fallible. We are we're capable of sin. He's not even capable of that. So that led me on a journey to uh, about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, I went to a course called um, Restoring the Foundations, where they, it's an amazing course where they actually walk you through, I had to do like a 15-page bio on my history, my parents, my grandparents, great-grandparents, uh, the stuff they dealt with, it was amazing to see how many of my relatives, I had to call my grandma to get information from, about her parents about my mom who's in heaven now is uh, the other side of the family's parents I had to talk to my dad about stuff. That's when he re- let me know the reason why he took me out of Reading. If I go back to when I told the judge, mm-hmm. uh, I want to live with my dad. He said, well, I had to get you out of that situation because your mom wasn't around. He had left because they were, they were doing some, they were, my mom was doing some things, uh, uh honorable. And then, uh, he'd check on me and I was just with the babysitter, and he was like, I just got to get my kid out of there and, and get it, make sure he's taken care of. So at this course, Restoring the Foundations, it, took, it, go, it takes you to ungodly beliefs that we can have that we don't even know are there that actually drive our life. And if I could tell you just two of the ungodly beliefs that were broken off me that I realized I had no idea were, were guiding my life, two of the 13 that were revealed in this thing for me was one was I make bad decisions. That was actually a belief of mine. And that's traced back to me telling the judge I want to live with my dad because for my whole teenage years growing up, I hated that I live with my dad. Yeah, you you, he, you made that decision and you told yourself internally that's what you do. I held myself decisions. responsible yeah. for telling the judge that I want to live with my dad because I didn't see him loving me by a roof over my head. I didn't know he was taking care of me in that way. I just saw that I didn't get words of affirmation. Yeah, I didn't get physical touch. This was birthday or holiday. I didn't get any of that stuff. And then I'd go live with my mom for two months out of the year, and she would give all that stuff to me. So I had so much bitterness and resentment towards my dad, but at the core of it was a belief that I make bad decisions. And the second one was the women I love the most and need the most will leave me. Hmm. Because at nine, again, I just didn't see my mom anymore. Hmm. Uh, so there was there was 13 total ungodly beliefs that had been driving my life that I had no idea about. And when God revealed those th- things to me, And then revealed the truths to those things to me. It broke so much off my life. And that actually is what delivered me from alcohol. I haven't had a drink in over a year and a half. That's great. And from that freedom, and and I'll tell you, the, the, you know, when you go, you travel a lot, Mm -hmm. you ever get somewhere or you're you left the house, you're at the airport and you realize you left something behind Mm -hmm. and it was kind of important. You're not sinking feeling you get when you realize, oh, I left it behind. Yep. I'm leaving this house with this couple where I just went through this, this uh, restoring the foundations and I returned my rental car. I'm in the shuttle going to the airport and that sinking feeling hits me hard. Oh, what did I leave? I left something. I checked. I got my luggage. I got my (laughs) laptop bag. I got my phone. I got my sunglasses. I got my water bottle. I have everything. What? I leave. It was spiritual baggage. Hmm. And from that day on, I've felt like if I could say this, I felt like it may not be the right terminology, but, you know, uh, if a girl was very promiscuous, willingly, just whatever, and just didn't care. And then she was to get her virginity back. That's how I felt inside since that time. I felt like I got my virginity back spiritually.
0: Yeah.
2: So, uh. Steve, now you I'm need free. That. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, whatever yeah. Steve
0: needs to take the course. <laughs> Easy now.
2: We all could take the <laughs> yeah, course. Exactly, actually. we all could. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's the that right there. I know. I think. Uh, I believe, and I absolutely feel that there was the the final. The final. Not that I'm not going to have struggles again, but never yeah. with alcohol or drugs again. That's great. Yeah. It's been completely broken. And it's from that freedom that I was able to then write a book. Yeah, let's
0: talk about the book. And I know. Let's talk about. Did you when you did the video that you did about
2: abortion? Did you expect it to go viral? The way no, did? I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. You mean in twenty sixteen, my first one? Yeah. No, I didn't think about it. I just felt that where these two people wanted to take our country, they wanted to become the leaders of our country. Yeah. Uh, there was such a, a a stark difference and contrast between one saying. Babies have no rights, Yeah, even up to the time of pregnancy, if they're in the womb, which is murdering babies, and then one saying, I'm pro-life, period, and right. we need to protect the babies. Right, And so I just got on my Facebook page, a couple thousand friends, no public figure page, and just ranted, you know, as a American, as a Christian, as a, as a black man, as a husband, as a father, this is what I see is at stake. And uh, it just it went crazy, yeah. you know, and I was flooded with messages from support, uh, I was flooded with messages from hate, which yeah. always seems to come from the black community. If I can be honest, it's crazy. Black, sometimes Hispanic. But I don't have white folks call me coon. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But... Uh, and we talked about it off air. You know, we were with, with uh, John
0: Miller, our, our good friend John Miller. Just uh, saw him in D.C. and we were sitting down talking. And, and I love John's perspective. He hosts the White House Brief on Blaze TV. Yeah, I love John. And John, John's just so real and so honest and so humble. He's just a kind dude, you know. And so... He was like, you know, I got you know, I got white people that are liberals who are saying we want to hang you from a tree. Wow. But yet you want to call everybody on the right racist And, yeah. you know, and he said, they, they call me coon. They could do all this different stuff. And he said, I, you know, Uncle Tom and everything else. Right. And, of course, he and I go back and forth because Uncle Tom was the hero in the yeah, book.
2: absolutely. You know, if they read the book. If they read the book. Yeah, <laughs> they read the book. Everybody <laughs>
0: wants <to call> you <laughs> Uncle Tom. They don't know what the story's about. Right. But no, it's it's a shame. It really is. I mean, how dare you get off the so-called plantation yeah or which which my understanding you
2: you never you were always conservative weren't you my mom always told me to pay attention to how people vote yeah. and not what they say politicians yeah. pay attention how they vote yeah so i knew obama actually had voted uh against a bill that would stop infanticide mm-hmm. uh and that's why i never voted for him yeah i was just like i can't support anybody i can't the democrat party platform yeah. is pro-choice it's pro-baby murder I could never support that. Well, I've always been, like I
0: said, I've, like I told you, my driving force in, in life has always been the fact that I am pro-life. Yeah. I mean, all the way back to college, I, I, w- I used to write an op-ed piece for the university newspaper. And, and there was this guy, I still remember him to this day, I remember his name. He came from the left, I came from the right. And we were always constantly debating on issues like abortion. And abortion was a strong issue even then. I mean, I would debate anybody on yeah. the issue. And I've never been a registered Republican still to this day. I'm not in a political party, but I've never voted for the left. I can't because yep. it is a party of murdering babies. I, I, You've yep. got to have a voice for those who don't have a voice. Absolutely. And as a father of five and having experienced one miscarriage in the midst of all of that stuff, you know, it matters. I mean, it, that's, that's, there's, that's a baby. That's a human life. That's a child. Absolutely. And, and the idea that you can, first of all, get up. In, in in so many churches, in a pulpit, and and defend it, or or defend the yeah. left, or it's an atrocity. It is. It is an atrocity. Yeah. And uh, so I appreciate you for taking a stand on that because I know you caught a lot. I know I catch a lot. I yeah. can only imagine you, especially being a black guy, caught a lot.
2: A lot. Yeah, I catch my share, but again, we all do. <laughs> we all you know, do. we all do. But it's the good stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, I share the story in my book. My wife. Came out publicly to support Trump because of his pro life stance and had never came out publicly about the fact that her mom was mm. planning on aborting her. Mm. And she, uh, her mom was in the abortion clinic and decided to leave at the last minute and had my wife. My wife didn't find this out until my mom, her mom was on hospice. She was mm. battling cancer and uh, she didn't win that fight. She didn't have it as well. But she was battling cancer. She was, she, she had hospice, we had hospice at our house. She was living in our house. And my wife's mother's sister, so Jennifer's aunt, was over visiting, and just kind of out of out of nowhere, uh, as uh, we're just hanging out in the in the kitchen area, Jennifer's aunt says to her mom, Jeanette, aren't you so glad you left that abortion clinic?" Well, wow. Jennifer had no idea, so she then felt even more elated that her mom left and had her, and was able to. You know, meet me and have uh, even the hell I put her through. We have a lot of good times too. Yeah. But uh, we got two amazing, beautiful kids. So she shared that story uh, on Facebook. It went pretty viral. And then uh, one of the miracles that I also share in there is that uh, a friend of mine named David had a girl uh, that he knew that was contemplating having an abortion. And he didn't know if he'd be able to say it, the right thing to her. Mm. So he sent her that message that went crazy. And he sent her my wife's testimony. And she decided to keep the baby. Wow. So a year later or so he sent me a picture of little baby Ian. That's awesome. Yeah. Miracle. That's a miracle and it's a miracle yeah. of life. And I mean, you know, yeah. and
0: that's the thing. Folks have got it, let me get that thing right there. I'm like that's so much handsome. <laughs> you go to Davis David and get it. You saw, I'm gonna prop that thing up so we can see it on the wide shot as well. That's um I can't I can't wait to get into that book. I really can't, but davidharrisjr.com, com, you can get the book. Um, but that whole deal, though, I mean, once you did that, because I I used to joke, I had a joke, I had a video that went crazy back during the debates as well, when Hillary and in Trump, and I was watching those pri- before after the primaries, which were a crazy circus, and and I made the joke on the video. Where I said, um, <laughs> trying to pick which candidate. To choose is like trying to pick which venereal disease you're most okay living with for the next four to eight years, you know? And so I think we, I think, you know, when Trump got elected, I was like, "What is going on?" Like, like, I it was what it because for me it was. So you weren't
2: pro Trump before the before
0: well I got before like I, I became Trump. He won me over. Yeah, he like, won like me, He's doing a lot. He won me him. over um, before he was elected. He won me over. Okay. Nice. I I also joke about. It. I say I went into the to the uh, voting booth and there was two boxes. There was Hillary Clinton and then there was not Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and I made right? sure to vote not Hillary <laughs> yeah, Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd have voted for that uh, that wall over there. before I voted for uh, Hillary, but now that we got. Donald, we're going to get a wall anyway. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I vote for Donald, I vote for the wall. Now, right. we, um. Uh. I, and he won me over, and, and he won me over on a couple of things. So one thing was I watched his children yes. and how they responded to him, and I watched his grandchildren and how they responded to him. And I was like, yeah. this is not a mean-spirited man. That's right. I mean, he's a billionaire mogul playboy. He's got his past. He's got his history. Right. He's, he, but, you know, I, I watched the whole deal. And then I watched – and I've watched since. And I'm like, this guy, um, he hasn't done anything that's not pro-America. Yeah. He hasn't done. I can't say that about Barack Obama.
2: Right. No, not at all. No. He hasn't.
0: I can't say that about Heck Hillary Clinton. no. No. But I haven't seen Donald Trump. And then people say, oh, well, you know. And I know people are commenting right now because you're trolling and you're on the thing and you're leaving your comment, blah, 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 blah. But you're also living in the best America in your lifetime you've ever lived in that's right now. That's exactly right. You got more money in your bank account. Yep. And if you don't, it's your own fault. <laughs> and yeah. let me tell you something, the economy's booming, unemployment's at a historical low for blacks and Hispanics, you got a GDP of 4%, which, you know, somehow he found that magic wand that Obama said couldn't be found. Yeah. So you're living your best life right now. And if you're not, it's your fault. That's right. See, that's another thing. Poverty's a spirit. It absolutely you, you is. can't. You talk about leaving baggage behind. I got people, people that are impoverished, you can throw all the money at them in the world, they win the lottery, and they're going be, to be back in poverty in a matter of time. Most do. Because it is a spirit. Yeah, it's a mindset. You got to break that off. Yeah. And so, you know, these folks out here, Trump derangement, that, that's a real deal. These it people is. are losing their minds. They talk, people talk about Salon.com did an um, a article recently talking about how Trump's messing up people's sex life.
2: What? Oh my gosh. What?
1: <laughs> if you think about Donald Trump while you're having sex, you got, the, you got
2: other issues. Yeah, you, got, you got some other problems going on. You got other issues. Um, I love Donald Trump. I think about him a, a lot, but not during that time. No, not during that time. Maybe Melania. Of the, of yeah, the maybe Melania. Evening. There you go. That's uh, when. God. That's when Orange that either, Man but. bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. You've been in the White House a couple times. Yes. How's I was that? Just there. How was that? I mean, were you they just, they just locked the doors because they saw a black man coming and, and they were they, like, we're yeah, so they racist. Said,
2: absolutely not. Yeah. They said, no, at least. Yeah. These black folks can't come in. No, he invited all 400 of us in October. <laughs> right. Uh, for Young Black Leadership Summit. I spoke at that and he invited us all to the White House and I got to uh, uh, give him my book. And he saw that and said, whoa, here, take a picture, take a picture, He took a picture right. with it. And then later I realized I didn't get him to sign one. So I was able to go back to the White House just a few weeks ago, <laughs> and this time I made sure uh, I got awesome. his I got his signature on a book now yeah. too. So, but he's so genuine. Yeah, he's real. He's genuine. He takes the time to listen to uh, the people. He takes the time to share his thoughts. He doesn't have to take time out of his day. Sure, you know to do that. We're not. We're not. You know, celebrities like uh, you know Obama's always bringing in all the stars and giving them all medals and stuff. And it's like you know they're all patting themselves on the back. He wants to talk to and, and speak to people, Americans. Yeah. And he took time to honor us. Uh, and so it was amazing. Yeah. And always good to. People don't
0: realize. And I know a lot of folks who have been around him personally, met him personally. And it, it, first of all, he's from Queens. He's a puncher. He's a counter puncher. He's going to knock you out. And he, yeah. he's going to get personal with you. That's 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 just the nature of the man. That's how he is. Um, And you just have to understand that mindset of where he comes from and what he's been through. And sometimes you have to get a little bit of a sense of humor because you know he's he he's funny dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's he's got a sense of humor, but people just don't get it. I mean, man can't do anything right. But uh, my buddy Terrence Williams almost got himself killed trying to get the White House the I other know. day. I was like, Terrence, I texted him. I was like, dude.
2: I was talking to him last night. What? Yeah, because he yeah. just had the surgery a couple days ago. He and, did, yeah, and, Friday. And I'm like, dude. He released yesterday.
0: Because I, he- I was headed up to CPAC and uh, was texting him. I was like, dude, if you're still in the hospital, I'll come see you. And uh, you know Terrence, he's always good humored and stuff like that. Yeah. And so anyway, I was I said man, I'm praying for you. And brutal. Yeah. I hope Terrence good. owns
2: lift after all. that. <laughs> I do too. No, I mean he had a, he had a broken neck. I know. In the hospital. And almost, I mean, honestly, could have been really bad. The ambulance drivers, the EMTs, made him walk from the car and get and get up in the ambulance because oh they didn't gosh. believe he was hurt bad enough to need a stretcher. Oh my gosh. So he's got he's got he's got something with the hospital too. that was yeah. that I'm sure made it worse. Yeah, because I talked it to him the day
0: of the accident. I talked to him. I said, dude, what What can we do? What you know, because he was in D.C., like I said. He was on the way to the White House. Yeah, yeah. The whole deal. And so he'll get to go back. Yeah, he will. What's, what's the, So talk to me a little bit about the whole Blexit thing. I mean, your opinion on the movement, where it
2: is, where it needs to be, where it's going. Well, I think is it's it a successful movement at this point. It's just started. Yeah. I think it's been a success in that they've had two of them so far that have, uh, have been pretty – Pretty packed events. I was, I spoke at the one in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, Candace invited me to speak at the one in Richmond, and I had missed my daughter's birthday because I was at the White House meeting the president. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she wasn't supposed to be home, she was going to go on a trip, then she decided not to. So then I missed the actual birthday dinner. So I said, so I couldn't miss the birthday party that they were having for when I got home. So I didn't get to go to that one. But uh, Candace is amazing. I mean, she's, she's tenacious, Uh, she's driven. She knows what she wants to do and how and how she wants to do it. And she's got a lot of people that support her in this movement. So I think it's been successful. I think it's only continued to grow and become more successful uh, in waking Americans up. Obviously, black Americans to realize that they've got a voice. They've got a vote that matters. And it shouldn't just be blindly given away to any political party. We're not saying just give it to the conservatives or just give it to Republicans. It's like, hey, look at look at your value system. Look at uh, what lines up with your value system and then vote your values. And for the for the for the large part of the black community, we've got a rich heritage of faith to go back to that. Yeah. And if uh, I don't know how we ever got to a point, especially 60 years ago, Mm -hmm. when I think the black community was even stronger in faith uh, over across the board than it is today. And largely in part because a lot of the black pastors that are supporting the Democrat Party. I don't know how people of faith could align themselves with a party that believes in murdering babies. Right. I just don't. But we've got to wake the people up. And so I think Candace is uh, is uh, is on the road to doing that. One person can't do it. You know, I couldn't do it by myself. She's not going to do it by herself. Uh, it's going to take a team of people networking together in, in unity in order to really bring this to the focal, fo- uh, focal point. So Candace wakes up one day and all of a sudden
0: Kanye West is on the team. And all of a sudden, boom, that's, that's out there, which turns into a media crazy yeah. circus and all that thing. Do you think it was good overall for the movement or –
2: or was it a distraction? That's a great question. I actually wrote an entire chapter called mm-hmm. Kanye in my book where I talk about the Kanye effect. Uh, I think it was amazingly good for the movement because mm-hmm. he couldn't take it back, even though it was a few months later and he maybe tried to backtrack or whatever. When he, As soon as he said, after, again, 18 months of silence on Twitter to his millions and millions of followers, he had not tweeted a thing. I personally, I share in there what I believe he was battling with, and I think it was he. I think he was battling with whether he should stand up and speak his his voice on what I think God was actually trying to speak to him. Mm-hmm. And so his first tweet out, I like the way Candace Owens thinks, put her on the map. It immediately drew drew attention to a black conservative and her uh, her videos. She she just she puts it out there. She's accurate. She's articulate. She's smart. She knows her stuff. And so it immediately gave black people. Uh, approval, if you will, or even an option to even listen to a black conservative, mm-hmm. because that's just not it's unheard of in the black community. So I think the approval rating doubled in a, in a week or two immediately. Uh, and I don't I don't think that I think that started a momentum that it wasn't undone when then Kanye backtracked a little bit. So I think it was it was great for the movement. I can't wait for more uh, prominent conservative blacks to uh, to get up and speak their speak their uh, their heart on the issue as well. Um and and it's a work in progress. Yeah. You know, but it's a fight we're willing to we're willing to fight. I I you know, I admired him for doing what he did.
0: And uh, you know, gosh, he's such a lightning rod anyway, and to do what he did and yeah. boom, there it is, and people have different opinions on it. But I appreciate it. I mean he he took him he took a massive he, he took a massive hit for doing what he did yeah you absolutely know, still takes it on a daily you know uh folks like actress stacy dash i mean she's been an outspoken conservative for a long long time and yeah and um also also uh my um celebrity crush but whatever whatever we'll leave that stacy if you want to come on the show
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no i i love it i love watching it and i love i don't care what the i i just love common sense you know yeah. i don't care i don't care what color face it comes out of as yeah. long as the common sense is coming out. And that's what that's what's happened is so much deception has happened. Yes. And, and people are living with it with a brainwashing. It, it really is. And it starts young. I mean, I've got I've got really good friends who's, who, you know, they grew up in the black community. And they said, and my grandmother taught me how to milk the system. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. Now you got these candidates that are coming along, and at least three of them are saying, "Well, let's let's consider reparations." Right. It's like you could, because I think that you're seeing so many folks who are coming over to the right side. Now they got to yeah. buy them back. Right. That's exactly. And what I'm you're like, to do. when can y'all get rid of this slavery mindset yeah. to quit buying human beings?
2: Exactly, because that's, that's exactly what they're trying to do.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah,
2: it's that's a, it's a slave mentality. It's uh, it's a plantation of the mind. Yeah, and uh, and it and it keeps people victimized by telling them they're a victim mm-hmm. and tell them they need help. Yeah. No, we just need the opportunity to get up and get out and put our best foot forward yeah. with opportunities that we can, uh, that we can run with, yeah. um, that we will that give us the ability to change our own life. Yeah. And and the, you know and you I mean you gotta look at
0: things I mean the the numbers and the facts are right there I mean Planned Parenthood they build their buildings right there within walking distance
2: of urban communities yeah. they they, they, they know what they're doing them, they know exactly what they're doing
0: yeah go read up on Margaret Sanger and get back to me on yeah.
2: on that whole deal I
0: mean yeah. it's it's Jews you know,
2: and blacks are weeds that need to be exterminated
0: exactly here. I mean it's crazy it, and yeah. to it, continue buying into that thing it's it's a brainwashing deal and. And, you know, people look at me and they say, how are you a white dude? What do you know? Not much, but I know I know common sense when I hear it and see it. Yeah. And I don't like to see people oppressed. And I hate seeing people on welfare. And I hate seeing people that are economically, you know, impoverished. And I hate people fatherless. You know, I, I hate seeing those things. Yep. It breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. Talk about I want you to. I, I got to get back
2: to this uncorked. Yeah. How'd that thing come around? So my wife and I started that company uncorked health and wellness yeah. by almost six years ago. Actually, April will be six years. Health and wellness supplement company, products to just help you get the most out of your life. I'm drinking our super fruit herbal beverage mm-hmm. uh, that's good for you, actually gives you good mental clarity, focus, and energy. Uh, we got a detox that ladies love. They love, they love to not feel bloated. I need to get my wife detoxed. Yeah. <laughs> and the, there's a lot of gluten intolerance issues out there, so there's a lot of constipation. Yeah. I think we're a constipated nation. Oh, I'm probably. constipated right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some detox. Yeah, for okay. You have Never been
0: constipated. <laughs> I'm the most regular cat on the planet. <laughs>
2: <me>? <laughs> so that's uh. So we started that, which it got us so good because he'll uh, my my voice, my verse I anchor my life to. Uh, is all things work together for good? Mm-hmm. All things—the mm-hmm. good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent—God will. He can cause all things to work together for good, if you just if you give him the opportunity to. And so the amazing thing about this is we've been able to see a lot of people's lives change for the better. Getting people off too much coffee. Uh, a lot of police officers, sheriffs, were drinking pots of coffee a day to get through their day, and then it has it, it has really negative effects on your central nervous system. Uh, it can have really negative effects on your gut. So drinking that hot's a great alternative for that. Um, we've seen some amazing transformations happen. And then I got to meet a lot of amazing people. That's how I got to meet Lance mm-hmm. Uh Rick Joyner had me on the show. He sure. loves it and gave us a great endorsement for it. Bill and Benny Johnson love it. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing journey to see that happen as well. That's awesome. Yeah. You folks get that through your website as well? You, uncorked. You have, you have uncorked. Uncorkedliving.com,
0: yeah. Uncorkedliving.com. Yep. And you were slipping stuff. To, I thought it was a drug deal going down outside. You slipped stuff to our, our, our president, uh, the president of the network, Gaston yeah. Mooney. I was like, what y'all doing? I gave him one of these. You, what you, you trading you the one. good stuff. I'll give you one. You I were drinking one. coffee, so I didn't give I, you one I yet. I know. I had to. I got some for you. Give me this thing right here.
2: Put that in my See?
0: coffee. uncorked. <laughs> This this gives me some brain boost on it now y'all y'all I got party file Steve's glasses because I left mine out in the Dude, car. do
1: you bring enough for everybody? I, you I, know. I I do. Natalie, why I, you always want I'll free try. stuff? I'm just saying, you know, if there's you you got to share with the class. Natalie's
0: used to being pretty I and got... just getting stuff. <laughs> there you go.
1: Candace, what I have you talking about over there?
0: You I got some more. sitting over there, quiet as a yes. church mouth, back over there,
2: hanging out. All right, you just mix this in water, huh? Yeah, mix it with water. And if you water. like drinking, see if somebody likes drinking coffee, it's a, that's a great alternative. Yeah. Just put your put hot water in your mug, yeah. pour that in there, stir it up. Hmm. I think it tastes amazing, and you're going to get more mental clarity and energy longer and longer lasting. than Then you will off coffee with no crash. Yeah, and it's actually good for you.
0: I'm gonna drink it here in a few minutes. Yeah, give me some water. Drink is that keto minutes. friendly. It, it is keto. keto. <laughs> that's the exact thing. <laughs> that's gotta be my question, David. Yeah. I ask him that walk across park. It is keto friendly. Keto friendly. No sugar. We dedicate uh, five minutes yeah, on of- every episode to keto. Right, <laughs> <laughs> we're all about keto, man. We're all about keto. Nice. I got, I got converted to keto, clean living keto, healthy, keto, right kind of clean keto. Right. Yeah, it's good. Well, it took me a year. <laughs> took him a year to get me converted over to it, but yeah, nice. I know, but but like that, I do the roller coaster thing, just like faith. Yeah. <laughs> I fall out, and every now and then I eat a tortilla,
1: <laughs> <laughs> flour.
2: I don't know a little sourdough bread.
1: Natalie, what you got? You got anything else, I, David? Uh, David, I have a question for you. I, I saw a video on your Twitter, and it was—I guess you were at a women's march. And oh, was it recently? Gal, yeah. Did I dream that? There's a gal you that told she had you a shaved head. Uh huh. And she said yeah. something about fear. Pay, don't pay attention to facts. Pay attention to my fear of your MAGA hat.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: Can you explain yeah. that to me?
2: Yeah, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. That was uh, uh, the Women's March in Los Angeles. I was there for Blexit. And it, it was a setup because they they were literally right outside my hotel room when I woke up. Yeah. So I go out there and I got my hat on and I went I went right down to the middle where they started or where they were finishing And I just wanted to answer questions and talk. And this gal with a shaved head, she, uh, it's interesting. I still have to share. I've been so busy. I haven't shared the part right before everybody saw me talking to her. She was jumping up and down, shouting and screaming and dropping F-bombs at my friend, Derek, who was not getting through to her. He was, it was just not clicking. And then I started talking to her and, uh, and within literally 15 seconds, it was like a total God thing. She gave me a hug, and then we kept talking. And then everybody sees the rest of the clip. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the clip is she's talking about we should listen to um, emotions, and not uh, what did she say? She said emotions are real; they're one removed from spirit. We don't need to listen to logic. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you're talking about emotions, uh, or you're talking about fear. That's emotions. Mm-hmm. Logics or facts, so you should we should listen to emotions and not facts. And she said, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the problem. We can't. You can't trust your emotions. Emotions change. Right. Um, so it was a very interesting uh, dialogue that did that video went pretty crazy. But I still got to share the other part of it because mm-hmm. at the beginning, she actually was at least listening to what I had to say. And then but then she brought up the MAGA hat. She's like, but that hat makes me makes me afraid. <laughs> like, There's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> did you see it was a headline?
0: It was a headline just came out. Uh, Reed College, Reed University, whatever it is, Reed College, they they have a new deal. If you want to be an RA, you know, resident assistant that works in in the dorms, and you know, kind of a hall monitor that lives there and watches out for the, they said that they're now teaching them classes that they have to understand uh, overt and covert white supremacy, signs of white supremacy, which goes everything from the hate speech and of course the derogatory terms, but all the way to the MAGA hat. Wow! And so you, you you know so the RAs at the college have to pay attention to the
2: and I'm like it was equal to racial slurs. It was right up. They said MAGA hat was e-
0: equal to a racial slur, and that's ridiculous. I've never I've never had a so MAGA ridiculous. hat. I just want to never wanted, wanted many one until many... now. Because now I just wish somebody snatch it off my head. Yeah, to be on. Yeah,
2: I'm telling you, <laughs>
0: how that's what I wait for. Walking <laughs> no. through the airport, I wear my hat. Are you wear a wear big dude
2: day, too? I don't wear it on a day to day basis, but yeah. when I travel, I wear it through the airports because I want to see the reaction. Yeah. How many soy boys does it take to remove a MAGA hat? <laughs> From David Harris, <laughs> I want to know. Jump, take at least ten.
0: I'll he tell you that right bunch. now. <laughs> beta male. <laughs> I love Jesse Lee Peterson. I was on his show. He's always going beta male. Yeah. It's so funny. He's a mess. Yeah, he's, but no. Um, he's yeah, we. Um, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your honesty, and and the the fact that not only you've stood up and and been a voice. Of logic and reason and common sense, but just, and like I said, you've taken it, you've taken the stuff and you're taking the pressure, but just the honesty about your faith. I mean, you're not perfect. Yeah. I've been living, you know, you've, you've ups and downs and people need to hear that. They need to know that it's
2: a journey. It is. Yeah.
0: Life is, life is a big old journey.
2: One of the, one of the best words I heard, way that I I heard it put is, is, uh, it's a romantic journey of faith Mm -hmm. with God. Cause it is ju- a journey and it's supposed to be romantic with our father. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be romantic with him, but, uh, but it's a journey and he's faithful.
0: You know, Paul says that, you know, you cry out Abba father and, and, you know, Abba in Aramaic is, is phonetically one of the easiest words to say. It's one of the word, first words they would teach babies to say Daddy. and they would take honey and they would put it, they would, they would put it in their mouth and by pulling it out, they would kind of create that Abba sound Huh. and that was, they wanted the first
2: words that came out of their mouth to be
0: father. Abba. Well, and that, it's, it's it's an intimacy. It's a simple intimacy.
2: Yeah. Well, it's the Allah is actually the intimate form of father, which right. is daddy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah. And and you know I love that Luke fifteen.
0: You talk about the prodigal son. Is one and, and which people think that that's one parable. It's not. First, first there was the lost sheep. Then there was the lost silver. And then there was mm. the lost son. And and it, Jesus told all one big parable. The first one, it with the you know guy has. Um, or the lost coin, you know. There's two coins and drops one. That's is a, a fifty, per, you know, or whatever it is. It's a, it's a, it's a percentage thing that's happening. And it gets bigger and bigger all the way to the sun. When you got yeah. two suns, and he and he loses it, and it's just bigger and bigger. And that's always been my thing. Is, is he's in the middle of this pig slop, sold himself out. Everything he's ever believed in, he sold out. Yeah, and, he, and he's and he's just ruined. And it says, and he came to himself. Yeah, came to himself. And that's what I hope that people, both politically, spiritually, mentally, all the way around, emotionally, would, you know, if you listen to this, come to yourself. Yes. Come back to your senses. Yeah. And that's that's what I see you as a, as a beacon and a voice in the world today that's shining brightly, just telling people, come back to yourself. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that about you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Love you. Love you too, Love brother. You, boy. I appreciate
2: you. have been watching you for a long time. Yeah, I've been watching but you. I appreciate man. your videos and your good candor stuff. and your directness and your quick with it speech. you so this fast. your talks, man. You're so fast. fast. <laughs> I'm like, blah, 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 My
0: mother tells me to slow down all the time. My mom I, used to tell me that. But it's the shtick, you know? You got no,
2: it's, it's so to. No, it's
0: good. I used to do these videos and I tried to do them in a minute and see how much I could say in a minute. And, and uh, I don't know. This Doing the podcast tells me slow down a little bit and just kind of think out loud. But why I couldn't stay. Silent. Boom. David Harris Jr. Go to davidharrisjr.com and uh, you're going to love this book. You've got, you got a pretty wife on the back. You can't get it. You, got get, you just got to get the book. You see, see she's pretty. I can't believe she's stuck with you all these years.
2: Yeah. Boy, you, Amazing like woman. You married up. God bless you. I <laughs> sure did. Absolutely. <laughs> Go get it. Hey, also,
0: while you're on the internet, you might as well go to blaze slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Get an annual subscription, and you get all the content. Uh, Humor Me with Chad Prather is on there. In fact, we just did a recent episode while we were at CPAC uh, on Black Conservatives, the entire episode, 23-minute episode on Black Conservatives, and, and we really had some powerful voices that, that spoke out on that thing. A lot of different perspectives. Everybody's got a different journey. So go get it. Subscribe to it. And remember, where podcasts are offered, go subscribe. Download it every week. We're here Monday through Thursday. Listen to it. And uh, this is one you want to share with your friends. So go get the book, davidharrisjr.com, and uh, go follow him on Twitter as well. you see the Twitter handle on the video there. We'll say it out loud for people that are listening. David J. Harris Jr., at David J. Harris Jr. That's the same on all of them, Facebook, Twitter,
2: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Graham.
0: You see that lady got... Mauled by that jaguar trying to take an Instagram, trying
2: to take a selfie. Is that what you were trying to do? Trying to I didn't know something. what you was trying Jumped to do. Over the fence. Oh, man. What a cat. What a cat. <sighs> <laughs> I guess the wall was working to keep the cat out. The well, wall's work. Ain't that something?
0: <laughs> anyway, hey, we love y'all. God bless you, and we'll uh, we'll check you out next time. Bye.